Hey, what's going on, guys? Captain Carlos here with Maria Fishing. Yeah, I know. Apologies. Uh, I know it's been a little while since we've been here on the podcast. I've uh, been kind of laying low, you know, doing the family thing and spending some quality time there and also just kind of also really busy and kind of burning the candle both ends um, with the business here. But I wanted to get back into it and talk about um, tarpon tonight. We wanted to discuss the juveniles on this podcast and how to target them specifically uh, usually in the winter time early spring and kind of go over the nuts and bolts the rods the reels how to look for them the baits that you're going to need how to how to you know line up and present the bait properly pretty much everything that you're going to need to know to stay connected to these things so without further ado i'm going to just go ahead and dive right into it so i've been chasing these things since i was eight ten years old to this very day i still have my first tarpon scale um it's kind of a memorable thing you know when you're a kid especially and i remember i caught that fish you know right right by my parents house down in uh in lauderdale one of the the local cutoff canals that connected to the intercoastal and then to the ocean and the fish ended up eating you know an artificial lure and it was probably five, six pounds, but in my eyes, I thought it was 50 pounds, you know, <laughs> being a little guy then. And it's, it just leaves a very memorable and lasting impression. Um, it's, it's one of those fish that just doesn't go away. If, if you've hooked a tarpon at a young age, you're hooked. You're like, it's, it's a fixation. And that's one of the, the fish that um, I just, I, I never get sick of, of you know, chasing and, and getting into. Um, I specifically like to target the, the, the juveniles or the, you know, the little micros um, in the five to 50 pound class, just because they're, uh, a lot of times they're more willing to eat and cooperate, you know, to, to stay connected to your, whatever your offering is. Um, but they're fun, you know, you don't kill yourself and anybody that, you know, really puts the effort can connect with these things and have a blast doing it on light tackle. You don't need all this heavy, you know, equipment. Um, you still get those drag screaming rums, the, you know, the vertical jumps, they go mental shaking, all that stuff. And you still have, have the challenge of trying to penetrate that hook through that concrete mouth. So that doesn't go away. Um, so yeah, just, just an awesome fish. My typical setup that I like to go after these things with on the, you know, the spinning side, it's going to be a maybe 2,500 to 3,000 size, uh, spinning reel. I like the Daiwa Saltist MQ. That's the one I've been throwing lately. That thing's, it's, it's just so buttery smooth on the drag, the gearing, um, everything. It's, it's flawless. I've caught a lot of fish with it already and it feels brand new it doesn't feel like the gears are wearing down uh, maybe it's the quality in the gearing or the you know the sealed bearings i'm sure has something to do with it um, but whatever my, the point is whatever <coughs> excuse me reel you choose make sure that it has the, you know the the kick butt gearing you know high quality gearing with high tolerances so it stays smooth consistently fish after fish load after load you know if you're hooking into 30 to 50 pound fish consistently you know multiple fish each trip um if the gearing and the quality of that 
metal or alloy, whatever they put in there, is not hard and you know it gets soft and kind of doesn't mesh. You're gonna you're gonna notice that in the performance of the reel after a couple trips. Uh, I can tell you this reel I've had it on uh, half half a dozen to a dozen trips already, and it and like I said, it still feels brand new. So if you got a winner, if if you can continue with that, another reel that's been pretty popular, um, just coming out now is the Pen Authority. That that thing seems pretty bulletproof too. It's got a nice little hefty price tag, but um, you guys will f- figure out. You know, it's sometimes it's better to buy a little bit higher end and buy it one time than buy multiple times on the lower end and leave with some frustration. So, uh, just a little little tidbit there. Um, the rod that you're going to want to match with this is a 10 to 15. 10 to 20 pound uh, spinning rod. You want something with a fast tip, a lot of backbone, high quality guides, something that you know will take the the, the rigors of constant you know friction with braided line, um, but won't you know has hard rings and you know the the line won't cut through the guides. Um, I'm a big fan of maybe like a silicone carbide or silicone nitride guide. Um, something that uh, is also comprised of a, a little bit lighter alloy helps is just the overall weight of the rod. If you're making 100 to 200 casts each fishing trip, every ounce counts, okay, on, on your setup. So keep that in mind. I throw a lot of artificials, so literally every ounce counts. You know, it's just going to make your day a little more seamless and more comfortable, right? So um, that's that's kind of the outfit. So a seven foot, ten to twenty pound uh, spinning rod, nice light backbone or nice light weight, but a lot of backbone, should I say? And then match it up with like a three thousand size spinning reel. We're running ten pound braid, ten to fifteen pound braided line. Which is that dynamic diameter of, uh, of two to three pound mono. It's super thin, so it peels off the spool super fast, and it's just really easy to manage. Um, it ties pretty nicely. It cuts through the tide, so if you're fishing some moving water, you know you won't have a lot of drag with it when you're working. You know the lures at, at different levels of the water column, um, and then. Now we're gonna we'll go ahead and dive into the lures a little bit. Um, so there's a variety of different lures that you can throw for these little micro poons or juvenile tarpon. Uh, my go-to is uh, a slow sinking lure. If you have something that kind of stays in the strike zone when these water temperatures are, are pretty cool, you know, in the winter time and, and early spring, then you're gonna increase your chances dramatically of getting bit if you can keep that bait in front of the fish within a foot uh, rather than pull it away, you know? So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, Also, color uh, or hue, so to speak, I think makes a big difference too. So for example, uh, I love fishing Chukaluski and Flamingo that time of year. And the water over there is really tannic, okay? You know, on an incoming tide, you've got a clear, you know, clear water, but with a little tint, but it's still tannic 
because of the mangroves. So you have that little amber or tannic color. So typically I found that darker colors end out a little bit better. Okay, I kind of put myself in, you know, the fish's eye view, so to speak. So if a fish is sitting on the bottom and he's looking up, you know, across the skyline, the first color that's going to stand out or shade or hue is going to be something dark, right? So um, hence the fact why we came out with our, our smoked mullet pattern. That by far is my favorite color for tarpon. Snook too, but definitely tarpon. Tarpon, anything like black, purple, man, they just go bonkers for it. They, it's like they beeline specifically for your bait. As long as you present it correctly, that color scheme is, it, it's just like fire to them, okay? It, it kind of triggers something in them. So that would be my advice. Stick to darker colors if you want to chase these things. Um, darker colored shrimp work pretty well, you know, that time of year. Again, anything dark will know kind of resonate well with them and keeping it in the strike zone like I said is crucial um, the leader that you want to use to kind of attach your braided line to this you know to whatever lure you're using it's going to be like a three foot section of anywhere between we'll say 25 pound up to 40 maybe 50 pound floral or mono um, recently, I've been using, uh, you know, and experimenting with some some different uh, brands of mono and fluoro. Uh, I am definitely a fan of fluorocarbon um, under clear water conditions. But when we're fishing these tannic waters, I personally don't think it makes that big of a difference between mono and fluoro fluorocarbon as far as the visibility. Now, as far as the abrasion resistance, maybe because some of the fluorocarbons uh, that I've used tend to have like a little bit harder casing on the on the material itself, which helps, you know, especially when the fish are thrashing. You know, these fish are notorious for just going, you know, mental. So when they are jumping and thrashing, that, that abrasion resistance can definitely be in your favor. Um, overall, uh, these fish... Like, like I said, the, the shallower waters um, with access to deep water cuts. Okay, so a lot of times you're gonna, you know, you're gonna find these fish on, um, you know, deep-rooted mangrove shorelines, points, you know, maybe some river mouths or creeks where it's kind of like a, a feeding channel. So the bait flushing by, they're just kind of sitting there in the current or the tide flow, and when the, you know, a little uh, pinfish go ahead and scoots on by or mullet they're, they're there for the taking quickly um, I think that's it I think we covered most of what we want to wanted to cover here oh one other thing okay so we talked a little bit about this in the beginning here but the placement when you do cast all right at these fish and you're sight fishing them you see one roll don't cast right at his head okay make the cast you know, a good 10 to 15 feet past the fish and then work it, you know, kind of away from him, like it's evading, like a natural predation scenario. 
and you're more likely to get bit that way. If the fish is super aggressive and hungry, then he may eat it if he got it within a, you know, an inch or two of his head right after he rolled, but more than likely, you're better off making that cast you know, past him and then kind of working it back. And the speed of the retrieve is gonna be dictated really by the temperature of the water. So the cooler the water, the slower you're gonna work the lure, any, any type of presentation that you have going on. The, the warmer the water, you know, you could speed it up a little bit. And typically they'll go, they're not afraid to, you know, haul butt after something if, you know, if it's if warmer conditions. And when I say warmer conditions, um, I found anything over like 70 degrees, 72 degrees is what you need to stay connected to these things. If it shuts below 70, it's very hard to get them to eat. You kind of build lockjaw. So um, with that, I hope you guys learned something here. If you did, make sure you, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Um, we're on TikTok. We've been put, putting a lot of stuff up there. Check out our YouTube channel. We appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And hopefully we'll have some you know, newer stuff here coming out soon. God bless. And thanks again, guys.